here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. number 877-381-3811 why uh why is it that five police officers beat to death this this young man tyree nichols five black police officers we talked about this friday And I said to you back then what we were all thinking, regardless of race. Thank God they weren't white, or some of them weren't white. Why is it, number one, racist, which is ridiculous? Number two, why does this mean that all police in every corner of the country need to be retrained or have their hands tied to the point where they can't do anything effective? What does one have to do with the other? And not only that, these five officers, these five officers violated the protocols that are already in place. That's why they're all facing, they're all facing charges of murdering, second degree murder, Tyree Nichols. It's like gun control. Immediately, Upon some action, outrageous action as it is, the whole system is condemned. Why? This doesn't happen every day. I don't care what Joe Biden says. And the other problem we have, Joe Biden. Joe Joe Biden is a race exploiter. That's what he's been his whole life. First, it was anti-black racism for early in his career. He wasn't just a participant. He wasn't a junior partner with James Eastland. He was an advocate. He was a, he was a, a major participant. And now it's full-bore anti-white racism. Changing equality to equity. Signing executive orders. Signing laws and rules. When it comes to 
Farmer subsidies that white farmers, if they get it all, they get at the end of the line. Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals had to throw that out because it's racist. His main argument now for student loans in front of the court has been, well, look, minorities, blacks in particular, they, they owe about a third of their student loans, whereas whites only own about 6%. So equity. Everything now is racialized under Biden because he thinks he has a hot issue. Because he wants to be remembered as the great, he's not Lincoln, the great emancipator. He's a nut. And then they go out and they say, if we only would have passed Cory Booker's police reform. Well, how so? Getting rid of immunity, these five men were charged with murder. Federally, nationally, Preventing police officers from grabbing somebody around the neck? Let me ask you a question. If you're a 120-pound woman, let's just be honest, who's confronting a 230-pound man, and the man has a knife, the police officer has to do whatever she can to take that guy down, including grab around his neck. And who's to say that all of those who said you can't you can't restrain somebody and then detain somebody by putting cuffs on them without putting your knee on their back. Not their neck, not their throat. These politicians who want to make these national rules, these national rules that apply across the board, that's not how this is supposed to work, and it can't work well. 62 police officers were murdered last year. A record. Has there been one day's coverage of that? Has there been one hour's coverage of that? Have there been analyses on TV by professors, by civil rights activists, about why that's occurred? Joe Biden other than one or two comments, does he seem troubled by this? Does he talk about systemic attacks on the cops? So these five cops are likely to do life in prison or something close to it. And by the way, the new technology, the body cams, the body cams, in and of themselves, in and of themselves didn't give you the full picture. For 10 years, they've had video hanging from light posts in Memphis. That video you saw shooting down on the scene when these guys surrounded that young man and hit him with a baton and taser him, that came from the light post. I'm not opposed to body cams because I think in many cases it demonstrates, well, we want the facts, first of all, but in many cases it demonstrates the lies that are thrown around about many of these cops. But why is it that that event, as horrible as it is, is now a siren's call for more police training? Maybe there's something wrong with this police force. This unit has been disbanded. But we have crime running rampant in this country. Rampant. And how can it be every time this takes place Well, something like this doesn't happen every time, but something takes place 
immediately the fallback position is trash police everywhere. It's systemic. Now, only the most lunatic, only the most insane could bring up race here. Many did on CNN and MSNBC. The race hustlers, this is a whole industry. But that said, the ones who didn't use race have their fallback position on hating the cops. It's really outrageous. But it continues. It continues. So I understand Tyree Nichols' parents are going to be invited to the State of the Union speech by Biden. Biden exploits black people. He has his entire life. Biden exploits race. He has his entire life. That's what he does. That's what he's done in executive orders. That's what he's done in promoting legislation. That's who he is. I'll be more explicit. So maybe media, media matters can pick it up to uh, low-life operations. In many ways, Joe Biden is the modern-day Woodrow Wilson. In reverse, Joe Biden was close in terms of policies to Woodrow Wilson early in his Senate career, being the segregationist and the racist who he was and is. Years and years. But that said, Joe Biden was an anti-black racist and now is an anti-white racist. Because he's an opportunist, ladies and gentlemen. He's an opportunist. I've told you before, he's like a street politician thug. He says things that are outrageous. He says racist things that are outrageous. But he gets a pass, you see. And the people around him, many of them are the radical leftists from the Obama era. Who have him pushing these these laws and executive orders that are clearly illegal and unconstitutional. Which is why he's already lost two court cases and he'll lose more. Clearly. And he doesn't hide it. And he doesn't hide it. Racism is racism. You're not racist because you've been born white. You're not racist because you've been born black. You're not oppressed because you're black or brown. You're not oppressed because you're white. You're not an oppressor. All this stuff, all this Marxist pablum, all this CRT crap invented by Marxists, promoted by Marxists, instituted by Marxists, embraced by the Democrat Party, embraced by their teachers' unions. This is all aimed at destroying America. The thin blue line is getting thinner by the day. The criminals are having a field day. The Democrat mayors and governors can't do a damn thing about it because their party embraces this ideology. And they embrace this ideology. Biden talks out of both sides of his dentures. 
I'm for the cops. Don't cut the cop, but tie their hands, tie their feet, make it impossible for them to do the job, and then smear them all, every damn cop, because of the bad deeds of some. Any good deeds done by cops today? What are they? Well, we don't know. Of course not. I'll be right back. Mark in. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. A lot to get to today. Let me just finish. These are not reforms that the Democrats want to put on the cops. It is backdoor defunding. That's what it is. You tell cops and anybody can sue them, and they have no immunity any longer. You're going to have massive resignations because they don't want to be uh, wiped out. They don't want to lose their homes and their families. Uh, You already have shortages of veteran police. They can't wait to get the hell out. How do I know? Because I talk to them, particularly in the inner cities. And so, uh, you know, you have newbies more and more coming into the system. But Joe Biden's not serious, even about police reform. Joe Biden is serious about tearing this country apart. Joe Biden has overseen the entrance into the United States of MS-13 by record numbers, the entrance of drug cartels making, uh, you know, various cities their headquarters, criminals pouring into our country. He's turned the border over to the, to the drug cartels. They're running sex trade and everything else down there. And, of course, nobody mentions this, so I will. How many illegal weapons are pouring into this country? By Mr. Gun Control, who let out the biggest arms dealer on the face of the earth about a month ago, remember? In exchange for the professional basketball player, the woman. Again, why did he make that specific trade? Because he thought he'd get kudos, and he did, from the Democrat Party and left-wing corners. But he let loose on the world the greatest arms merchant on the face of the earth, a terrorist. Oh, that's okay. So, uh, if they pass the kind of legislation they're talking about, they won't suffer. That is, the politicians, you will. People in communities, you're going to suffer. You're already suffering. 
police reform, police reform. I think we need politician reform. Police reform, police reform. What about the criminals? Here's what I know. Those five police officers, they're going to jail. And they're going to jail for decades. Here's what else I know. Criminals who beat somebody to a pulp, they're not going to jail for decades. That much I know. Right, Mr. Producer? Bail reform. Notice that word, that word reform they always use. Bail reform. No. We don't need any more police reform. If you commit heinous acts and you kill somebody, whether you have a badge on or not, you're prosecuted and likely to go to prison. If you don't have a badge, maybe you won't go to prison. But you get my point. That's the best reform there is. Enforce the law against violent acts. Enforce the law against violent acts. That's the best reform. Get rid of the prosecutors who won't prosecute. We want prosecutors who have good temperament. Not the kind that work at the Department of Injustice. Prosecutors who are serious about the law and not politics. The system has worked for a long time, but people are trying to destroy it. The way they're trying to destroy our economy. The way they're trying to destroy immigration. The way they're trying to destroy energy. The way they're trying to destroy our military. The way they're trying to destroy our cops. It's the same people. It's the same movement. They are American Marxists. Now I want to tell you about a gentleman we've been talking about. By the name of Mark Halk, 48 years old. The Department of Justice has been trying to prosecute as many pro-life activists as possible. They used the cover of the Freedom of Access to Clinic Interests Act. They're trying to prevent people from exercising their freedom of assembly and freedom of speech under the First Amendment. Notice they don't throw the book at people who are protesting and violating a specific federal statute when it comes to Supreme Court justices. Well, I want to tell you, I want to give you an update on his case. We'll be right back. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you, and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. Mark Levin, the research arm of conservative media. Call in now, 877-381-3811. This has received minimal attention this evening. Minimal. 
This is from Fox. Pennsylvania jury quits pro-life activist Mark Houck on charges of obstructing abortion clinic access. Remember, he was already acquitted by a judge at the state law level, but Merrick Garland and his thugs tried to make an example of Mr. Houck. I mean, this is really so completely out of control. Louis Cassano reporting a jury is acquitted Pennsylvania pro-life activist who was accused of allegedly pushing a Planned Parenthood escort during a clash outside an abortion clinic, Life News reported. Mark Hout, 48, faced charges that he violated the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, or the FACE Act, what makes it a federal crime to use force with the intent to injure, intimidate, and interfere with anyone because that person produces reproductive health care. He pleaded not guilty. Again, remember, this was raised at the state court level, and the judge threw it out, meaning it didn't even have a minimum level of credibility. The charges stem from an October 13, 2021 incident in which the Biden administration alleged Halk assaulted and, quote, forcefully shoved, unquote, Bruce Love, a 72-year-old volunteer at a Philadelphia Planned Parenthood Photo of pro-life Pennsylvania man Mark Halk with his... Okay, never mind. Halk was arrested in his home by multiple FBI agents in September 2022. Remember that? Shortly after Halk's arrest last fall, his attorney Peter Breen told Fox Digital that his client's arrest was an outrageous abuse of power by the DOJ and was intended to intimidate pro-life Americans. It certainly is. The message from the Biden administration... And its Department of Justice is pure intimidation against pro-life people and people of faith, said Breen, senior counsel of the Thomas More Society. Why in the world would you send this phalanx of officers heavily armed to this family's home, violate the sanctity of their home, and frighten their children? Why would you do that other than to send a message? Bill Devlin, a pastor who was minister with Hauk for more than 20 years, told the Christian Post last year, that appeared federal prosecutors were stretching the statute of the FACE Act. You bet they were. That's why I worry about the former president and the nonsense with the January 6 charges and all the rest. This Department of Justice is taking laws and turning them inside out in the hopes that they can convince a jury that they can convince a jury to imprison people with whom they disagree. Mark Halks, let's see, we are, uh, we are deep brothers in face of the pastor, and I've come alongside to undergird and support him because it's the presumption of innocence that the government can prove beyond a reasonable doubt <clears throat> that Mark Halk violated the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances Act. Meanwhile, the guy had to go through all this, his family had to go through all this to prove his innocence. And this is what a rogue, out-of-control government does. This is what they do. And, which brings me to one other thing here I want to get. Please tell me I have it here. I knew I had it before. Here it is. In any event, there was a piece in the New York Sun. Here it is. I want to give them credit. Well, I don't have it, Rich. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
If you can send it to me, I would appreciate it somehow. It, uh, it slipped my grasp. Oh, here it is. In the New York Sun by Dean Karayanis. And I think I speak for most of us here. As citizens lose confidence in federal courts and law enforcement, a push is building to allow for the removal of judges and attorneys general who peek around Lady Justice's blindfold and put their fingers on her scales by creating a legal mechanism short of impeachment. Only one attorney general, Harry M. Dougherty, in 1922 has been the target of a successful impeachment proceeding. He resigned but was later found not guilty. Just 15 judges have been impeached, with the Senate convicting eight. And we've had thousands of judges. Since the American system relies on checks and balances, it's up to Congress to create them when the people demand it. We have to fear law enforcement. Radio and television host Mark Levin, who served as chief of, as chief of staff to Ronald Reagan's attorney general, and with me, said in a recent commentary in specific, the United States Department of Justice, the FBI, which is a piece of the Department of Justice, we have to fear them. Attorneys general who oversee these agencies, Levin said, should be subjected to removal by no confidence vote of Congress, noting it's almost impossible to impeach one, since the office was created by Congress, not the Constitution, as was the Department of Justice in 1870, the legislature can alter the terms of employment when the people demand it. The September survey by the Society of Presidential Pollsters at George Washington University suggested 57% of voters said the Supreme Court is working, an eight-point drop since 2020. Approval of the Department of Justice and FBI saw respective declines of four and six points. Mr. Levin also proposed term limits for federal judges. This remedy would require a constitutional amendment or convention of states, but is something a House Democratic bill sponsored for Supreme Court justices last year calling in a mood to restore legitimacy and independence. The reason I could not support what the Democrats were doing is because of everything they linked to it. The packing of the court and so forth that I don't go for. And so uh, this is uh, no American ought to be ought to doubt he writes that the federal legal system is executing its duty with disinterest and impartiality. The first step to stopping the erosion of confidence is to recognize the problem. The second is to consider and implement changes to ensure equal justice for all aren't just words chiseled in stone. So I would ask my friend Chip Roy. I would ask my friend Byron Donalds. I would ask my friend Jim Banks. I would ask my friend Jim Jordan. Investigations are very important, but there needs to be a fundamental change here. There really needs to be legislation put together in a significant piece of legislation, a substantive piece of legislation, which gives us our justice system back. There's no reason an FBI director can't be removed by majority vote of both houses of Congress with a loss of confidence. Certainly no reason an attorney general couldn't be removed with the same kind of a vote. There's certainly no reason that we can start at the district court level and work our way up that these judges should be serving for life anymore. 
I mean, I'm looking at the ones in the District of Columbia. They're a disgrace as a group. Absolute disgrace. And uh, you've got some of these Republicans who are just awful in the House who will not support these efforts, but we ought to make them anyway. And they ought to be the basis of primary campaigns. But this is a matter of lawlessness and rogue behavior by officialdom. By officialdom. You actually have elected representatives who had their phones removed from them. Who are under investigation because they're challenging an election. There's no room for prosecutors in such a process. Never has been and there shouldn't be today. But the pro-life movement's being targeted. Targeted. And keep in mind, it's not just Garland. All the top officials at the Department of Justice have some connection to Obama and or extremely radical causes. The head of the Civil Rights Division is a well-known anti-white racist and a Marxist. That's why she was chosen. The Deputy Attorney General is a radical left-wing political hack who probably has a lot of say about what goes on in that department. They are all going to and are circling the wagons to protect Joe Biden because they all know what you and I know. Even a minor investigation into the Biden crime family, not just limited to Hunter, but Joe Biden, the top down, will demonstrate how corrupt this man is. And I have no doubt he's the most corrupt man to ever serve in the presidency. And if any of you schmucks in the media say prove it, that's the point. We've got all kinds of information, and you fools sit on it. You don't pursue it. Because there's plenty out there. In fact, there's more than enough out there. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you've saved at least $100,000 for retirement, Augusta Precious Metals could help you protect it with a gold IRA. What makes Augusta Precious Metals different? They'll tell you not to buy a gold IRA if it's not right for you. No pressure, just facts. Retirees have it worse because there's no time to catch up when the value of what you've saved for decades is crashing. But you can protect yourself with physical gold from Augusta Precious Metals. If you have at least $100,000 saved in your IRA or your 401k, please call my friends at Augusta Precious Metals today. They'll send you a free gold IRA guide. Call 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Tell them I sent you and they'll pay all your fees for up to 10 years. That's 877-4-GOLD-IRA. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision and visit AugustaPreciousMetals.com for risk disclosures. So we're supposed to accuse the entire local and state law enforcement systems, you see, of systemically abusing people. Tell me, should all the cops be charged with second-degree murder based on what these five did? No. Why? Because they didn't do it. Exactly. I'm so sick of stupidity reigning the day. I'm so sick of it. 
By the way, yes, I I watched the Philadelphia Eagles and San Francisco 49ers. Now, the 49ers, folks, are very upset because one of the plays early on in the first quarter was a bad call. Of course, that's never happened before. But that wouldn't have mattered in the long run. The quarterback got hurt, which is part of the game, by a legitimate ball grab that hurt his shoulder. And uh, the backup to the backup to the backup to the backup, almost the same thing happened to him. Uh, The 49ers just did not have enough depth at the quarterback level. And kind of a freakish thing. It still wouldn't have mattered. I mean, with all due respect, the Eagles were almost flawless on Sunday. And they were flawless the Sunday before against the Giants. I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm just analyzing what I saw. And when it comes to Kansas City and Cincinnati... Well, of course I stopped to watch my own show because I'm my toughest judge. It's on from 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. But I watched the game up to the point of 8 p.m., which was really pretty much halftime, and then I had DVR'd it and watched the rest of it after. I feel very sorry for the penalty that happened there at the end and enabled the Kansas City Chiefs, to kick a three-pointer. But let me give it to you from my perspective. I didn't really have a dog in that hunt. But I was kind of hoping Kansas City would win. And maybe I'm dead wrong. I'm not a color commentator. I'm just me. Uh, I just figured they have a lot of people hurt on that Kansas City team. And it would likely be tougher for the Eagles to take on Cincinnati. Just a practical point of view, I think. But that was my take. That was my take. So it'll be a fantastic Super Bowl. I think you got two tremendous quarterbacks. Look, I know uh I know the Kansas City is hurt, the quarterbacks limping around and all I got that. You look at uh, the Philadelphia Eagles front front nine on the right end there. He's badly hurt, but he's playing every day. Hertz was obviously badly hurt. He was out three games, or was it two? I don't remember. But obviously, 80% Hertz is 100% most other players. But the Eagles' defense is brutal. And their offense is brutal. You know, it's interesting about their offense. Whether you're an Eagles fan or not doesn't matter. What's interesting about their offense is if they're winning at running, they run. If they're winning at passing, they pass. In other words, it's hard to defend against them because it's just my perspective. I don't read a lot of these sports guys either. I don't listen to them. I listen to Stephen A. now and then, but that's about it. Why? Because I don't care what they say. Stephen A. I care about. Um, But if you watch them, they're very adaptable. And a lot of that goes to personnel, the selection of personnel. It was obvious that the front office in Philadelphia decided this was the year they were going to win. They didn't just go for the high price spread. 
you know, they didn't just say we're going to buy all the most expensive players we can. Daniel Snyder's tried that many, many times in Washington, and he's failed every time. They knew what kind of player they needed, where they wanted to slot the player. Um, and that's what they did. And they have a coach who really is uh, has a wonderful relationship with the players and vice versa anyway. And you could hear that crowd. Couldn't you, Mr. Producer? I mean, you hear these crowds. That crowd in Philadelphia is like the loudest crowd of crowds. It just is. It's just the way it is. We'll see what happens. And um, obviously I know who I'm rooting for. I think Mr. Producer is going to be rooting for uh, Kansas City. Now, the Steelers are not in it, Rich. They're out. They're going to be out for a while, I'm afraid. Go Mets. Okay. Guys for the Mets and the Steelers, and he grew up. All right, never mind. I'll be right back. This segment of the podcast is exclusively sponsored by Pure Talk. Pure Talk offers great coverage and can save your family money on your wireless bill every single month. Go to puretalk.com to find the plan that's right for you. Thank you again for listening, and thank you so much for this sponsorship. Pure Talk. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mm, Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here, our number, 8773. Anyway, uh, I know it's a long way off. But I've decided this Sunday I'm going to have a full hour with Victor Davis Hanson. A full hour. You know, when I started Life, Liberty, and Levin, I had one guest. And I've decided from time to time we will have one guest. And Victor Davis Hanson is the kind of person I could sit down with for hours. And I'll bet you feel that way too. I just don't think he has enough time to develop his thoughts and so forth in a half hour of my show or seven, six, five, four minutes of somebody else's show. So I'll have him on for the full hour. I'm going to do it this Sunday. There's no football, so I hope you'll DVR if you can't watch the show live. If you can, I'm sure it's going to be great. No, I mean, I have to do it, but I'm sure it's going to be great because he's there. Um, And I want to encourage you, if you can, to uh, check us out because... uh, well, you can't go wrong with him. Honestly, me either. But you know the point, right, Mr. Producer? He's fantastic. So we're going to get him for an hour. Now, we've been talking about Communist China for a long time on this show, on Levin TV, on my Fox show. And we have a little problem right now. The problem is we're in an isolationist, pacifist mode. In many ways, Biden has driven us there with his handling of the, of the tr- retreat and the surrender in Afghanistan, which is absolutely nauseating. And China's on the march, and a major Air Force general has said he predicts war with China by 2025. Ladies and gentlemen, that's two years from now. And... Um, We're not ready. We are not ready. 
and I'm not the only one who believes this. There are many who do. Now, this general, let me see, a four-star Air Force general sent a memo on Friday to the officers he commands. He didn't expect this to get out. Somebody leaked it. That predicts the U.S. will be at war with China in two years and tells them to get ready to prep for firing a clip at a target and aim for the head. In the memo sent Friday and obtained by NBC News, General Mike Minahan, head of Air Mobility Command, said, I hope I'm wrong. My gut tells me we fight in 2025. Air Mobility Command has nearly 50,000 service members, nearly 500 planes, and is responsible for transport and refueling. Menahan said in the memo that because both Taiwan and the U.S. will have presidential elections in 2024, the U.S. will be distracted. Chinese President Xi Jinping will have an opportunity to move on Taiwan. He lays out his goals for preparing, including building a fortified, ready, integrated, agile joint force maneuver team ready to fight and win inside the first island chain. The signed memo is addressed to all Air Wing commanders and Air Mobility Command and other Air Force-operated commanders, and orders them to report all major efforts to prepare for the China fight to him by February 28th. No joke. This is no joke. During the month of February, he directs all AMC personnel to fire a clip into a 7-meter target with the full understanding that unrepentant lethality matters most. Aim for the head. He also orders all personnel to update their records and emergency contacts. In March, he directs all AMC personnel to consider their personal affairs and whether a visit should be scheduled with their servicing-based legal office to ensure they are legally ready and prepared. In other words, to have their wills made and everything. Menahan urges them to accept some risk in training, run deliberately, not recklessly, he writes, but later adds, if you're comfortable in your approach to training, then you're not taking enough risk. This guy's a tough dude, and he... Uh, he sees what's coming. He also provides a window into one capability the U.S. is considering for possible conflict with China, commercial drone swarms. He directs the KC-135 units to prepare for delivering 100 off-the-shelf size and type UAVs from a single aircraft. After publication of the article, the Defense Department, which is a massive bureaucracy, said these comments are not representative of the department's view on China. You believe that? Of course they're not. They're busy with woke education. An AMC spokesperson confirmed in a statement Friday the memo is real. This is an authentic internal memo from General Minahan addressed to his subordinate command teams. His order builds on last year's foundational efforts by Air Mobility Command to ready the mobility air forces for future conflict should deterrence fail. Now, this is a four-star general. Now comes the one-star. Defense Department Press Secretary Brigadier General Patrick Ryder said in a statement, the national defense strategy makes clear China is the pacing challenge for the Department of Defense. And our focus remains on working alongside allies and partners to preserve a peaceful, free, and open Indo-Pacific. In March 2001, Admiral Philip Davidson, then commander of the U.S. Indo-Pacific Command, told a Senate Armed Services Committee hearing that Taiwan is clearly one of China's ambitions. I think the threat is manifest during this decade. In fact, in the next six years, he said. 
When asked earlier this month whether a Chinese invasion of Taiwan was imminent, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin said, what we're seeing recently is some very provocative behavior on the part of the Chinese. Now, Representative Michael McCall is on Fox News. This guy's considered one of the top experts in the House. He's a Republican, obviously, from Texas on defense capabilities and preparation. And he's on Fox News Sunday with Shannon Bream. It goes like this. Cut five, go. All right, I want to start by this report of a U.S. general, a top general, who is making a comment about a potential war with China in 2025. Get your reaction to this. NBC News is citing a memo to his officers with this quote. They say, I hope I am wrong, he says to them. My gut tells me we'll fight in 2025. Now, that's being met with a lot of different reactions, some skepticism. This is attributed to the opinion of one man. What do you make of that, and, and, and how do you think that's going to be received in China? Well, I, th- I hope he's wrong as well. I think he's right, though. Unfortunately, I mean, China is mounting Wait, an actual war. Well, I, I think China is looking at uni- reunification of Taiwan. Right. That's how they call it. Uh, there are several ways to do that. The first one is to uh, influence the election that will take place a year from today. Uh, present size party uh, is running for reelection. China is hitting them hard, saying they're a proxy of the United States to go to war with China. Uh, if they succeed in that effort, like Hong Kong, without a shot fired, But if they don't win in that one, they are going to look at a military invasion, in my judgment. We have to be prepared for this. Um, And it could happen, I think, as long as Biden is in office, projecting weakness, as he did with Afghanistan that led to Putin invading uh, Ukraine, uh, that the odds are very high we could see a conflict uh, with China and Taiwan and the Indo-Pacific. This goes back to my father's war, World War II. Mm Mm-hmm. And many of us have relatives who were in that war. And you better start paying attention to the people who know what they're talking about and not the, uh, not the gadflies on radio and TV and other parts of the pseudo-conservative media who keep uh, blaming America first. That somehow we're provoking the communist Chinese like they need to be provoked. Hong Kong's already gone. They swallowed it up in a matter of weeks. General Jack Keane, a retired four-star general, on business today. What does he think? This is a a man of great honor and experience. Cut six, go. But the reality is that what we should focus on is the fact that we are not as prepared as we should be. We do not have an effective military deterrence in the region. China has more ships, more planes, and... And more missiles than the United States has, to include our allies wrapped into that. And secondly, we know for a fact that Taiwan is not as prepared as it should be. And we face that reality dealing with Ukraine and Russia. And we should not repeat that mistake. Neil, there's $19 billion of backlog equipment that is scheduled for Taiwan, and they have paid for it. And they've been already waiting for it for a number of years. The Congress has got to fix that system. It is broke. It's called foreign military sales. So if you look at the danger and the risk, yes, there is risk there. 
we have to help Taiwan and we've got to fix our own problem and our own knitting. That is what we should really be focusing on. Let's remove the risk and be prepared for war. And that's how we prevent war. We prevent war by being prepared for it. Better start listening to these men. They're not warmongers. They've all seen war. They've all been in war. They've all had family members in war. Hardly chicken hawks. It's not about a military industrial complex or neocons or anything so stupid. The communist Chinese have made their aims clear. Our intelligence has picked it up. They have moved from within the region to outside the region in violation of the Monroe Doctrine in our hemisphere. They have contracts for both sides of the Panama Canal. The bell's starting to go off. They have ports and locations in Central and South America, one on the west side of Africa, Western Africa, so they can reach us. Somalia is leasing them their deep-water port that my great-uncle fought for, for God's sakes, in Guadalcanal. And the Biden administration is failing across the board. They couldn't, they couldn't convince the Somalis not to do it. They couldn't convince the Panamanians not to issue the contracts. They're utterly incompetent and incapable of a, any truly effective response to this. Even when it comes to Ukraine, I know many of you are pacifists and doves when it comes to Ukraine. Well, the truth is, if Ukraine had gotten the equipment it needed earlier... This damn thing in Russia might be over. It's like Taiwan. We can't get Taiwan weapons when they're under attack. The Chinese Navy will encircle that island and make it impossible. So for all the talk, we're we're giving all of our equipment to Ukraine. The reason we're running out of equipment is because the defense budget has (coughs) basically been flat. We used to be able to fight wars in two, in two spheres, both hemispheres. Now we can barely fight one, not because of our great men or our great companies, but because of our failing phony leadership, the ruling class, too busy trying to run a police state aimed at controlling us than our enemies. Robert Gates on Meet the Press. Cut seven, go. Is there anything you would have advised President Biden to do differently in this case? I think I think the only thing I would have said is that a lot of this could have been done sooner. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're talking about it potentially being six months, a year or more before the Abrams tanks get there. I think the key thing about the Abrams tank decision was that it unlocked the Germans. That was the real reason. I I mean, we're, we're. The Abrams tanks are probably not going to make that much of a difference when we're talking 37. There is war expert, climate expert. Economics expert, Biden expert, Schmuck Todd. Schmuck, shut up and let the guest speak. You don't know a damn thing. Just shut up. Cut eight, go. This classified document situation that our politics finds itself in, um, is this something that... You know, let's hold off on that. Let's hold off on that. Let me see here. I missed something. No, let's hold off on that for now. All right, we'll take a break. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Here 
If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code Levin Podcast, L-E-V-I-N Podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Hello, everybody. Now, the communist Chinese regime is threatening Speaker McCarthy. From Bloomberg, China urges Kevin McCarthy not to repeat Pelosi visit to Taiwan. So China's now dictating policy. McCarthy should go. Try to call on U.S. Speaker Kevin McCarthy not to visit Taiwan. Ladies and gentlemen, Taiwan is an ally. Taiwan makes, of all countries, the most computer chips in the world. If Taiwan were invaded tomorrow, and either destroyed or just overtaken by the communist Chinese, and just a little piece, just so you get a sense for this, and take over their chip-making capabilities, we would not have significant alternatives, sources for chips. It would bring our computer technology to a screeching halt, which is why we are now trying to catch up over the next three or four years and build our own industries. So if you, what does that have to do with us? Okay, Hong Kong's going, what does that have to do with us? Okay, Taiwan's going, what does that have to do with us? Ukraine's going, what does that have to do with us? Well, the Panama Canal, that's that got to do with us. The West Coast of Africa, what's that got to do? Somalia, I mean, the Solomon Islands, what's that got to do with it? The next thing you know, you're surrounded. They're betting on boneheads. They're betting on the modern-day Tokyo Roses. China called on U.S. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy not to visit Taiwan raising the specter of a repeat of the showdown last year when his predecessor, Pelosi, made her own trip to the democratically run island. We urge certain individuals in the U.S. to earnestly abide by the one China principle foreign ministry spokeswoman Mao Ning. Oh, really? And we urge you to comply with the deal you made with Britain about Hong Kong. And you didn't do that, did you? Did you, you commie bastards? They should also stop doing anything that violates the basic norms in international relations, Mao said. So the international court has ruled that what communist China has done in the South China Sea violates international law. And then they have the gall to cite international law to defend their own position. Think about this. Follow the normal rules, ladies and gentlemen. 
every major technological advance they stole from us. That's how pathetic they are, that regime. Although Mao stopped short of using McCarthy's name, she was responding to a question about a report last week. The California Republican was planning to visit Taiwan. She didn't say what China would do in response to any such trip. Ah, shut your mouths! People's Liberation Army held unprecedented drills around the island and fired missiles over Taipei in August when Pelosi... Yeah, okay. Okay. They want to blow their ammo? Let them blow their ammo. Anyway, I think McCarthy should go. He should go. And they bought $19 billion worth of equipment, and it's time to give it to them. This is why Biden is a disaster. This is why he's a disaster. I'll be right back. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Mark Levin, making conservatism great again. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. And I'm going to demonstrate to you shortly why Chuck Todd is a coward who will never come on this show. And he has an open invitation to come on the show and debate me. Rather than bring on Republicans and just beat them over the head, come on my show, Chucky. Coward. Okay, so let's take a look and see why Chuck Todd is a gutless wonder. Let's take a look, shall we? Here he is with Jim Jordan on his program, and Republicans have got to understand when they go on with Chuck Todd, they're going on with a spokesman for the Democrat National Committee, or Joe Biden. Same thing with George Stephanopoulos, same thing with the, uh, with the moron over there at CBS. It's what, that's what it is. Ask Ron Johnson. All right, Chuck Todd, cut nine, go. But you keep talking about this raid uh, on, on Donald Trump. The amount of time, there was nine months between the initial action that the archives made for a request of documents before they even turned it over to the Justice Department. The subpoena was issued 60 days before they actually uh, executed the subpoena. And more importantly, the only time the public found out about it is because Donald Trump told the public about it. This was not some sort of, the, you painted as a picture of the FBI did this, this, and this within hours of each other, when it was actually a year and a half 
of Donald Trump See, not did, complying you, with right, let, any let's, of the- let, 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 Let's slow down. Let's slow down. Chuck Todd is the kind of person, if we lived in a Marxist or fascist state, and we're getting there, who would defend it. Who would defend it. Now the fact of the matter is, whether it took nine months or a year or whatever it was, there was a back and forth going on. We now have presidents and vice presidents coming forward who've had documents for years and years and years. How do they know Donald Trump had documents? Well, the head of the archive saw boxes being taken, he says. Well, that's not the first president to remove boxes on the last day of his presidency. What else? We don't know what else. But Chuck Todd isn't giving you all the facts either. The FBI knew the documents were there. The FBI at one point went in to look at the documents. They went in to look at where the documents were secured. They were secured in a building that is surrounded by Secret Service agents and other private security personnel at Mar-a-Lago. Trump's lawyers were aware that they were there. They were negotiating it. So what is he saying? So that doesn't give the Department of Justice the right to go into a, a, a master judge or judge master to seek a warrant. They already knew where the documents were. Why did they go into the First Lady's uh, closets? Why did they do that? Why didn't they take the documents the first time they were there? They didn't need a warrant. Why did they put the information in the warrant that they put into the warrant? Why did they take a picture of the covers of the files? When the covers of the files themselves are considered classified in many instances. Why did they do that? Why did they leak to the Washington Post and the New York Times lies? that Donald Trump had nuclear code information. And why would you break tradition and get a warrant and send the FBI SWAT team in armed with semi-automatic rifles, FBI emblazoned on the back of their shirts so the whole country could see it? Why would you do that? They didn't do that to Hillary Clinton, Chuck. You're a hero. Why not? They knew she had a private server at home. They knew that private server had tens of thousands of emails. Why did they allow her private lawyers to decide what to surrender and what not, and to destroy what she chose not to surrender? What did she call bleaching? And why did they allow? Why did they allow her inner circle to destroy their cell phones and their iPhones with hammers? When they're going into Congress and taking cell phones from members of Congress and taking them from lawyers. Why did they do that, Chuck? Why does anybody watch this slob? Go ahead. A year and a half. This is not some sort of uh, proof that somehow that they've weaponized and playing politics over here. They're rated 
They raided Trump's home. They haven't raided Biden's home. Because they, Biden didn't defy a subpoena, Congressman. He because he sub- wasn't subpoenaed, Chuck. He wasn't subpoenaed for all documents in all of his locations. In either of his mansions. He wasn't subpoenaed for any information in the so-called think tank. There was no subpoena issued. There was no formal process put in place for Biden. You talk about Trump a year and a half. Biden's had documents hidden, hidden from the government, from his Senate days. And even today, Chuck, even now as I speak, there are documents. I keep saying this week after week. Turley finally jumped in. I don't know when the other legal analysts will jump in. They've got his Senate documents at the University of Delaware. Who's protecting them and how? Who has access to them and when? Is a log kept? And why the hell hasn't the Department of Justice, the FBI, issued a warrant and gone in there and searched Chuck? And they've been there for years and years and years. And why, Chuck? Why should they do those things to Joe Biden? Because we already know he had Senate documents in his garage. And Chuck, you know a lot of senators, particularly the most loathsome on the far left. Some of them have even appeared on television, although I don't believe on your program. They've pointed out that they don't know how Biden would have removed those documents from the skiff, given the security there. There's only one way Biden could have removed those documents from the skiff, Chuck. Have you figured it out yet? He hid them. He put them in his jacket. He did something like that, because otherwise, Chuck, he could not have removed those documents. What are the documents? You say he's been very open, transparent, and and has worked with the Department of Justice. Isn't that part of the problem? The Department of Justice hasn't dropped the hammer on him the way they did on Trump. Does that help you? Does that help you, Chuckles? I don't think it does. I don't think it does. Now, let's listen to what else Chuck has to say, being the the valedictorian of the Sunday media, not. Cut 10, go. School board members were getting death threats. These weren't idle things. These weren't par- parents just yelling and screaming. These were actual you know how many death threats to elected officials. You know, FBI- a year is such a slob. Which school board members got death threats? Not only that, it doesn't even make any sense. If school board members got death threats, ladies and gentlemen... Local police officers, local sheriffs, local law enforcement have the ability and the authority, the manpower, and the will to arrest them. So who was arrested? Almost nobody. But Chuck doesn't care. He throws this crap against the wall. His executive paymasters don't care because they play to the radical left Democrats. Republicans don't watch this crap. Certainly conservatives don't. Why would you waste your time? So, we know if this were widespread, 
that local law enforcement would charge. But Chuck, the FBI and the Department of Justice have no jurisdiction, none whatsoever. We also know, Chuck, we also know that the memo that went out from the Department of Justice wasn't generated initially by the Department of Justice. It was generated by the National School Boards Association. And they were upset and later apologized because they had a little rogue group in there that basically drafted it and went to the White House, went to the Department of Education, and went to all the radical kook commies at the Department of Justice. It went in on Friday, the request from the National School Board Association, and on Monday, the memo from Garland was issued. And Chuck doesn't have any problems with that. None. Tuck says there were death threats against school board members. Did anybody report them to the local cops? People can be prosecuted for that. But Chuck doesn't follow up. Chuck doesn't care. The goal is intimidation. Intimidate the parents. Intimidate the pro-lifers. Chuck, you're going to do a show this Sunday? On this pro-lifer, Mr. Halk? Who was found not guilty today? You're going to do that? Second time. State court, federal court. You're going to talk about that, Chuck? The abuse of power by your Department of Justice? By your Biden administration? You're going to talk about it, Chuck, or not? No, you're not. Because you're weak. You're a fraud. You're a fool. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If one of your goals this year is to do business with companies who share your values, then hop on the Pure Talk bandwagon. Pure Talk, my cell phone company, is the antidote to woke wireless. That's why they're proudly veteran-owned, why they proudly employ a U.S.-based customer service team, and why they refuse to spend their money on fake news networks. And I haven't even started talking about the service, It Kicks Butt, one of the largest networks in the country. You're going to get blazing fast data, talk, and text for just 30 bucks a month. That's probably half of what you're paying Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile. Keep your phone, keep your number, and switch over in as little as 10 minutes. Plus, Pure Talk has a first-month risk-free guarantee. Try it, and if you're not completely happy with your Pure Talk service, you'll get your money back. Support a company that supports you. Go to puretalk.com and enter promo code LEVINPODCAST, that's L-E-V-I-N podcast, to save 50% off your first month. That's puretalk.com, promo code LEVINPODCAST, L-E-V-I-N podcast. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless. Ladies and gentlemen, the state of Virginia, you need to understand that the Senate is controlled by the Democrats by one vote. And yet we have this. Virginia bill requiring transgender students play on teams based on biological sex passes a subcommittee. How do you like that? A Virginia bill that would require transgender athletes in public schools from elementary school through college to play on teams that match their biological sex passed out of subcommittee Monday in the House. Isn't it amazing this is a big story? I'm just glad it happened. HB 1387, introduced by Virginia Beach Republican Karen Grehal, doesn't include the word transgender, but would have the effect of barring transgender students in K-12 
and colleges from competing on teams that match their gender identities. Seems fair to me. Purpose of the bill is to protect our girls and young women from being forced to compete against biological males, she said. I mean, how much more rational can somebody be? And she'll be attacked. Oh, what are you, bigot? Oh, my God. Similarly, gifted and trained males always have the physical advantage over females, which is the reason we have women's sports. <clears throat> I am shocked that women's groups haven't rose up throughout this country because most of them are left-wing and Democrat. That's why. The bill applies to all levels of competition, including inter- intercollegiate, interscholastic, intermural, or club teams. To try out for a team, the student-athlete would need to submit an Athlete's eligibility form signed by a licensed physician, a licensed nurse practitioner, or physician assistant, which specifies such students' biological sex. Now remember, if you're a liberal, that's determined by what's between your ears, not what's between your legs. Remember that, Mr. Producer? It's what you think, not what you are. Oh, follow the science. No, follow the left right off the edge of the earth. Even the strongest, fastest girls in Virginia must step up to the starting line and know, I can't win, said Greenblaw. Their goals are gone, their chance at winning and recognition and scholarship. It's just not fair for women to lose these opportunities. But Democrat Eileen Fillercorn, say what? Of Fairfax County asked Greenlaw if she were aware of a single transgender athlete currently competing in Virginia. Why does it matter? We know it's just a matter of time. It's like baking a cake when it comes to bakers in Colorado. I'd like to know why this is an issue of urgency. Well, because you're thinking with what's between your legs, not what's between your ears, lady. May I say that respectfully, Mr. Producer? The bill comes in the midst of Governor Yunkin's, uh, it's framed as a crisis that needs to be resolved. It is. It is. Democrats are never asked for a name. They're never asked for a name. Can you give me one example? No, no, no. Look, justice, equity. Just throw around the ambiguous lines. That's good enough. No, but the law should be on the books, and it should be there because we know the left will give it a shot because that's what they do. The left is about destroying things, burning things down, breaking things up. That's what the left is. They build nothing. Nothing. They want to run everything. They run it into the ground. They build nothing. You see, our economy exists for the Democrat Party and the left. You and I, we are in service to them. We'll be right back. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? 
Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Hello. Mark Levin here. Insights, Issues and Insights. You know, Issues and Insights is a site that essentially was, at one point, uh, really the editorial page for Investors Business Daily. A lot of the folks went over there. I thought that was the best editorial page, bar none. Far superior to the Wall Street Journal. But it was difficult for that paper to compete. But it was an outstanding paper. And uh, I'm going to give you an example why. $60 billion in COVID fraud. They write, try $4 trillion. And this is what the party of the left and many of the rhinos, this is where they drag us and take us. And this is why there is now resistance in the House among conservatives and hopefully the majority to keep paying for this stuff. We don't even know where this money is. As auditors and congressional investigators try to figure out just how much federal COVID relief went to fraudsters, they're missing the trillions, trillions of dollars in fraud committed by the federal government itself in a war that had no chance of winning. Last week, the Government Accountability Office reported that fraudsters took about $60 billion in unemployment checks. That's on top of the tens of billions in fraudulent claims made through the Paycheck Protection Program, the tens of billions handed out through a Small Business Administration program, and on and on. So you might wonder, where's the FBI? They are vigorously chasing down people all over the country who were parading on the lawn of the Capitol building. They're busy chasing down racists who aren't white. Cops. Five black cops who killed a black young man. They have the Civil Rights Division looking into this. This Wednesday, the House Committee on Oversight and Accountability will hold a hearing to investigate rampant waste of taxpayer dollars. Representative James Comer, the chairman of the committee, said, We owe it to Americans. I like this guy Comer a lot to identify how hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars spent under the guise of pandemic relief for lost or waste, fraud, abuse, and mismanagement. They say that's all well and good, but what we really need is an investigation into how the war against COVID wasted trillions of taxpayer dollars, imposed massive disruptions, handicapped millions of students, and probably didn't save many, if any, lives. That sort of investigation, if done honestly, I don't know if a committee of Congress is able to. They'd have to put some commission in place or so forth. 
would likely conclude that we would have been better off if we'd done nothing. Nothing at all beyond asking people to wash their hands and stay home if they're sick. Shocking, impossible to believe. Let's review the evidence. Start with the fact that since COVID-19 first landed on U.S. shores three years ago, 1.1 million have died from the virus, according to the Centers for Disease Control. Even now, deaths are averaging around 4,000 a week. I'd put a uh, footnote on that saying we're actually not sure because they were overcounting for reasons that even the CDC has admitted now. Way back in March 2020, the CDC met with experts from around the world, and they met to map out COVID-19 scenarios. Between 160 million and 214 million people in the U.S. can be infected over the course of the epidemic, reported the Yale School of Medicine. As many as 200,000 to 1.7 million people could die, they said. That assumed the country did nothing to mitigate the COVID spread. So the U.S. embarked on an unprecedented effort to slow the disease's spread and develop vaccines in record time, spending trillions of dollars in the process. For months, the entire nation was locked down. People were ordered to stay at home. Businesses were forced to stay closed. Church services were suspended. Students were locked out of their schools. The elderly weren't allowed to have outside visitors in many areas. Mask wearing was mandatory, even outdoors. The economic result was catastrophic. The nation's GDP collapsed by 30% in the second quarter of 2020. Unemployment, which had just reached 3.5%, a 50-year low, shot up to 14.7% in April 2020. And, of course, Biden used all of this against Trump. Because Biden is, and you can quote me, a lowlife. When it comes to race, anti-black racism, when it comes to his is dividing America like never before. If you don't support him, you oppose democracy and all the rest. The federal government rushed through trillions of dollars in relief legislation in March 2020 alone. Congress approved three aid packages totaling $2.43 trillion. By the following March, COVID relief spending was close to $4 trillion. All this spending was with borrowed money and paying off this monstrous debt is a burden future generations will have to bear. But the harm caused by these interventions goes beyond the explosion of the national debt. (coughs) Shutting down schools had a tragic impact on education. Reading and math scores plunged as schools struggled with remote learning. Reading scores saw their biggest drop in 30 years. Minorities suffered the most. Masking children for years will likely have long-term effects on their social development as well. Meanwhile, depression, anxiety, suicide all increased. A CDC study found that one in four people between 18 and 24 contemplated suicide during the shutdown. Even car crash deaths, which have been trending downward for decades, started climbing again in 2020 and have continued to increase, most likely because reckless driving became more common thanks to prolonged shutdowns and more empty roads. And what did we get for all this? Look at those fatality numbers again. The start of COVID, experts said, Doing nothing would result in 1.7 million deaths. We did plenty, but the death count is steadily approaching the number anyway. Researchers at Johns Hopkins did a meta-analysis of studies done on the effectiveness of COVID mitigation. Their stunning conclusion, we quote, we find no evidence that lockdown, school closures, border closures, and limiting gatherings had a noticeable effect on COVID-19 mortality. Unquote. Johns Hopkins. We find no evidence, they said. But the researchers found that all these interventions, quote, 
have contributed to reducing economic activity, raising unemployment, reducing schooling, causing political unrest, contributing to domestic violence, and undermining liberal democracy. Quote, We will concede that the rapid development of COVID tests, three different vaccines, and improved treatment regimens save lives, although just how many is unknowable. But what if we'd done nothing beyond that, other than follow the standard guidelines when a disease is spreading? Stay home if you're sick. Wash your hands. Avoid highly congested areas. What if instead of spreading widespread fear, public health officials focused on the population most at risk, the sick and the elderly? Our guess is that just as many people would have died from COVID, but we wouldn't be climbing out of the deep economic hole we dug. Our children wouldn't have lost a year of education. Fewer would have died from suicide overdoses and other lockdown ills, etc. Few of us who've lived through the three years of nonstop warnings, mandates, and hysteria would be willing to admit that this war was all for nothing. But if we're going to avoid repeating these mistakes in the future, we'd better learn from these mistakes now. Written by the editorial board of Issues and Insights, I and I. I told you these guys are fantastic. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. You know, you learn more as these things go on. Tyree Nichols was 60 yards from his home when he was beaten to death. And he was running to get home to his mother to try and escape the beating he was having. That's unbelievable. And as the New York Post writes, at one point he's lying on the ground defenseless as two cops hold him down while a third kicks him in the face Multiple times, a fourth cop bludgeons him with a baton, while another eggs him on, yelling, hit him. The video showed he was punched in the head at least six times. Nichols is then handcuffed, propped up against the side of a nearby police car. Officers are seen on the video milling around, though none appears to pay attention to the badly battered Nichols pleading for help. Paramedics arrive, but wait about 15 minutes to treat him. At least 20 minutes after that, an ambulance arrives and transport Nichols, who's complaining about shortness of breath, to St. Francis Hospital in critical condition. And three days later, Nichols died due to the injuries he sustained in the use of force incident with the officers. A preliminary autopsy report concluded he had suffered excessive bleeding caused by a severe beating. I'm sure his bleeding around the brain, his whole head is swollen. You can see his whole face is swollen. Jeez, how do you do this to another human being? It's just unbelievable to me. And nobody says, cut it out, stop, don't do it. It's unbelievable. Um... What's up, Mr. Producer? What did you say? 
Elise Stefanik, representative from New York. How are you? Good. How are you, Mark? I am doing great. Um, and I hope you are as well. Now, I know you serve on this very, very special and important committee that is going to investigate the Biden crime family and what's been going on with this with this administration and so forth. But I understand already you're not getting cooperation in the House. Is that correct? Well, it is correct, Mark, but I will tell you, House Republicans will leave no stone unturned. And let's take a step back. This will be some of the most important work of the House Republican majority in this Congress. And here's why. You talk to the American people across this country, and they fundamentally believe, rightfully so, that there are two sets of rules. One, if your last name is Clinton or Biden, and you're a well-connected, high-profile Democrat, and you're part of the swamp, you can commit crimes, and it's brushed under the rug. On the other hand, if you're a hardworking, patriotic American who's innocent, the federal government has been weaponized against you. We see that again and again. The purpose of this select committee is to follow the facts and find the truth, to to shine sunlight, to bring transparency and ultimately accountability, and I believe legislative reforms. Agencies that I'm focused on are the Department of Justice and the FBI, and the list is quite lengthy in the abuses and weaponization that we've seen from these agencies. Uh, I, of course, was very active in the unconstitutional impeachment proceedings and was one of the leaders when it came to showing the importance of congressional oversight of these agencies who have run afoul of the fact that they report to Congress and the American people, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. Now, this special committee you all have set up, is it going to have a, what is the makeup of it? How many Republicans to Democrats? Do you know? There are 12 Republicans. There are nine Democrats. The Democrats have yet to be appointed. The Republicans have been appointed. And uh, it's within the Judiciary Committee, but it's a select committee. So we have subpoena power. Uh, and the Republicans intend to use it. We will follow the facts and, as I said, leave no stone unturned. And you have really heavy hitter oversight leaders, whether it's Jim Jordan, Daryl Issa, who, of course, was the oversight chair when we uncovered the Fast and Furious scandal, when we uncovered the IRS targeting of conservative organizations. Uh, and I uh, wanted to be on the committee, and I'm honored to be on the committee based upon the work that I've done, whether it was uncovering From a mid-level DOJ official, Mark, it was my questions that led to the realization that the White House solicited the letter that it used to justify going after parents as domestic Mm -hmm. terrorists. That was my questioning of a mid-level DOJ official in an open hearing unrelated to the subject matter, but it's important to conduct robust oversight and then follow up with document requests and appropriate subpoenas. It's obvious to me... um at least Stefanik, it's obvious to me that uh, if Garland could have covered up the entire front end of the uh, of the Biden document issue, he would have. I mean, he covered it up as long as he could. Uh, they had two discoveries of documents, the first one on November 2nd. They were alerted about on November 4th, then this December 20th uh, at Biden's garage. And then, of course, uh, on January 12th, which I guess caused him to appoint a special counsel, because what the hell else could he do? But I think he was trying to cover it up, not just through the election. He was going to kill the whole damn thing, I think, until more documents were bleeding through. What do you think? 
Well, certainly these agencies are absolutely guilty of trying to cover up, which is why they're stonewalling, which leads to your first question you asked me, are we seeing these agencies in the Biden administration stonewall? Yes, we are, because they are afraid when the truth comes out. But fundamentally, Mark, we have a constitutional duty as members of Congress. We have oversight over these agencies that are funded with taxpayer dollars. And when there are government abuses and the federal government is weaponized against the American people, there is nothing more important for Congress to do than assert that constitutional responsibility. And it's not just the, you know, um, documents that the Biden administration is trying to cover up. Look at the cover-up that was going to happen if the Twitter files were not put out publicly. Mm, The fact that the FBI paid over $3 million and had numerous, including weekly, standing meetings with Twitter to suppress free speech, to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story, that, by definition, is a form of election meddling by not allowing facts out there. And this was, you know, well-reported, well-researched by the New York Post. But now we know because of Elon Musk and new leadership at Twitter that there were crimes committed, paid for by the U.S. taxpayers through mm-hmm. these corrupt federal agencies. So, again, sunlight is an important antidote when there's government abuse. And that's what we're going to focus on, getting to the truth. And that leads to accountability and that leads to legislative reforms. Are you folks concerned about how the FBI working with the January 6th committee actually took Scott Perry's cell phone from him and um, are investigating individual state legislatures and so forth? I mean, you might you, anybody, might be upset with the challenges to the election and so forth, but the idea that a grand jury led by a a Democrat appointed by Biden is investigating state legislatures, um, they, they really don't belong there, Representative. They, I mean, if, if somebody committed bribery, that's one thing, but this is a whole other story. Well, the list is lengthy of the FBI's crimes and significant weaponization against the American people and against prominent Republicans. But it also, if they can do that against the sitting elected official, they can do it against any American. And certainly that is going to be part of our investigation. I mean, let's start with going back to 2016. You had the FBI director who based on my questioning of him in an open hearing, admitted that he did not follow proper protocol and he refused to brief Congress when he made the decision to open an investigation and spy on the Trump campaign. You had a FISA application that was illegal, uh, conducted by the FBI and Department of Justice. You had, you know, again, the targeting of parents, which was solicited by the White House, the justification they used to go after these parents who were concerned about their kids' education, rightfully so. You have the FBI working directly with Democrats on the January 6th committee to go against their top political opponents, uh, i.e. Republicans. And you have, for example, the FBI raiding Mar-a-Lago on one hand. Can I hold you over briefly? Yes. All right. We're talking to Elise Stefanik. You were a prosecutor at some point, madam? I was not, Mark. I was not. Maybe you should have been. You're pretty good. We'll be right back. Mark Levin, the thunder on the right. Call in now, 877-381-3811. We're here with Representative Elise Stefanik. Now, Elise Stefanik, you're the number three in leadership, is that correct? 
I'm the House Republican Conference Chair. Yes, I've been in that position uh, since I defeated Liz Cheney for that leadership post. If that is all you did in your career, you realize that would be enough. I'm not, I'm not trying to understate the things that you're doing. I'm just saying uh, that was big. That was important. And that set her off. She really kind of declined from there out, don't you think? Well, I think so. And I think the voters and the people of Wyoming made a good decision when they supported Harriet Hageman. Harriet is also going to be on this select committee uh, mm. focused on the weaponization of federal government. And she's going to be an exceptional member. Uh, she has extensive work taking on federal government overreach in Wyoming and will just be a great member of this committee. She's already uh, a friend and a colleague, and I look forward to working with her. One other question on this. The January 6th committee, uh, do you know if the Republicans now have those records, if they're going to go through them and so on? I'll tell you what, I have a little bone to pick here. Somehow they got 13 of my emails. I never gave them to them. They weren't subpoenaed. I wasn't given any kind of notice. Now, those emails really had nothing to do with anything. But I want to know how a committee of Congress got 13 of my emails without permission. And I bet I'm not alone. Well, you're not alone. And I will tell you, there is a process right now. We're talking, you know, I think the document number is in the millions. And uh, that transition from the Democrat majority to the Republican majority is taking place. If you remember, uh, then Republican leader, now Speaker Kevin McCarthy, uh, put out a public request that all documents must be maintained and turned over. Uh, That process is certainly happening. And our staff uh, is is going to go through all of those documents with a fine-tooth comb because there are a lot of questions that need to be answered. And what's frustrating to me already, and it shows you the double standard and it underscores the importance of this select committee, here you have these federal agencies providing any information at all, even not following the proper ways of getting it, turning it over to the Democrats on the January 6th committee, and yet now you have these same federal agencies stonewalling legitimate requests for congressional oversight purposes. So I think there's going to be bombshell reports that come out about how truly the January 6th committee was a political witch hunt and was part of the weaponization of the federal government. Well, you know, maybe they won't like a 10 or 20 percent um, cut in their budget over there at the FBI if they keep this up and move that money to the Border Patrol or something. You may have to try and do that, even though I know you're going to have trouble even with your own Republicans in the Senate. You're from uh, a rural part of New York, upstate New York. Yeah. Is, yeah. Um, what are some of the towns in your district? Well, I have I represent about a third of the state and uh, my district. I have over 200 towns, but some oh. of the bigger areas are Plattsburgh, Glens Falls. You I have, have Woodstock, Messina, Ogdensburg, Potsdam. I do not have Woodstock. That's more Hudson mm-hmm. Valley. I start uh, in the suburbs around the capital district and I go all the way up to the Canadian border. It's a big district. And interestingly, for your listeners, it voted for Obama twice, voted for Trump twice as well. So it's a real bellwether district. I flipped the district in 2014, uh, and at that time, I was proud to be the youngest woman ever elected to Congress. And uh, I, you know, I'm now in my fifth term, and this is exciting to go into the Republican majority. Uh, it's the first time my district has had a seat at the leadership la- level, certainly in my lifetime, but going back a very, very long time. And you've been attacked for this by the usual sub, uh, uh, subjects, you know, uh, Harvard and the rest, as I recall, when you were last here, correct? 
Yes, that's correct. But you know what? I wear it as a badge of honor. And uh, it's interesting. I uh, I have been attacked. I've been attacked by the mainstream media. But usually when they viciously attack, I can tell that I'm on to something uh, because people are very scared about the truth falling out. And I was most attacked during the unconstitutional impeachment proceedings. And my questions were fact-based. And I'm you know, very fact-based in how I go about my oversight responsibilities as a member of Congress. And I'm going to continue doing that. But most importantly, my constituents have overwhelmingly, I've earned their support, uh, and they are very excited about the opportunity, uh, and they're interested in this specific committee in addition to my other work. And I'll tell you, Mark, it's not just the national issues. There are examples of this weaponization of the federal government in every district across America. One example in my district that has a lot of regional coverage and is just starting to get national coverage is we, unfortunately, were the home of one of the deadliest vehicle crashes, a retrofitted limo uh, that killed 20 people, these young upstate New Yorkers, families are still mourning. And the FBI uh, has culpability because the owner of the limousine company was a longtime FBI informant. And it was based upon my oversight questions of Chris Ray, the director of the FBI, in an open hearing that forced the FBI to open up an investigation. Now, they have since said they're not turning that over to Congress, even though I caused them to open it. But I'm going to continue standing up for those families to get the transparency and accountability. So when we talk about oversight, it's not just the national issues. It impacts local families as well. Boy, that's unbelievable. Let's try one here. Immigration or the lack of legal immigration. We now hear that uh, illegal immigrants are coming through Canada. And I guess they're coming through Canada and coming into your district, which is obviously massive in New York, no? It's massive in New York, and I'll tell you, because of the southern border crisis, what's happened to the Border Patrol agents in my district is they've been transferred over and over again to the southern border, leaving, you know, we don't have the resources that we need at our northern border. Uh, And it's been a long-time issue. It's the top concern of these Border Patrol families. It's something that we have been very active on uh, in my congressional office. And when we talk about every district being a border district, it's true, you know, not only with the fentanyl overdoses that are skyrocketing across the country, but impacting the lack of resources we need on the northern border. Um, So we will move a border security package in this House Republican majority. We've just gotten committees populated, but that's one of our top legislative agenda items. Uh Well, listen, I want to thank you for your time. You're welcome back, of course, and uh, we appreciate your effort here. It's very, very crucial. Thank you, Mark. I always love talking to you, and I look forward to your coverage of these committee hearings. It's going to be very important work this Congress. If I show up at a few of them, was that okay, you think? Yes, yes, it's okay. We'd, we'd welcome, you know, I hope all the American people <laughs> tune in. It's important work. All right. God bless. Thanks again. Thanks, Mark. There goes Representative Elise Stefan. She's a pistol. She is good, don't you think, Mr. Producer? She pounds well. I thought she had been an assistant DA or something, but apparently not. How do you like that? Well, I'll be right back. Mark in. Let's take some calls, shall we? I think we should. Maureen, Andover, Massachusetts, the Mark Levin app. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, Mark. It's such an honor to speak to you again. 
Thank you. First of all, well, I want to say God bless you for what you are doing for this country. You are an amazing man. You're very sweet. And as we all know, Biden is destroying our country. Mm-hmm. My question is, and it might be a dumb one, but it, I think about it all the time. As citizens, and I'm sure most of our country will agree, this has to stop. In 2024, will be too late. He's like a bull in a china shop. As we the people, are we protected by the Constitution to go after a president who is destroying a country the way he is, and the crime and everything else? Isn't this against the law? Well, there's no way citizens can go after him other than to pressure members of the House to impeach him and members of the Senate to convict him and get rid of him. Um, And we have this committee, you heard uh, Elise Stefanik, which is a good thing, that's going to dig into some of these things. But we have no independent power to bring criminal charges or anything of the kind. And um, I've thought this through a lot, and I'm going to spend time talking about it on Sunday's show, not to put you off, but it requires a little bit more time than I have here right now. So I hope you'll listen to Life, Liberty, and Live In on Sunday night. And thank you, young lady, for your call. I love it. Mac. Viga. Riga. I love that accent. New England. I even love their food more. All right, let's go. Let's go to uh, Matt in Tucson, Arizona, the great KNST, our great station. I love Tucson, Arizona, by the way. Can't stand the politicians, but I love the city. Mark, it's an honor to speak with you. I got uh, American Marxism for Hanukkah, and it's an amazing book. Thank you. Uh, Really, really impressive. So the reason I'm calling is because I have a theory that nobody has discussed, which is that some of the issue with the aggression has to do with a testosterone replacement therapy. Um, I work in fertility. The majority of my patients who are first responders um, are going through these clinics that are all over the country that basically are putting people on androgynous steroids, exogenous testosterone. Why? Um, And... Because it amps, it, they don't feel like they did when they were 18. Um, and a lot of these clinics, they don't necessarily even do a baseline hormone profile. They just say, oh, you're, you're feeling So they lethargic. pump them with testosterone? They pump them with testosterone. And I am telling you, most first responders in the country who are males are on this. Um, and it reminds me of the olden days when I, when I saw that video, which was absolutely appalling. I thought, how could humans do this to other humans? Right. And it it made me think of the fact that sometimes what what can happen is they get into what we used to call roid rage, um, which is basically just that you, your eyes go red. Um, and and so I don't know what can be done, but I would seriously think that there that this needs to be investigated as to whether these individuals were on uh, testosterone replacement therapy because that certainly could be. Uh, the source of a lot of... Well, I don't touch the stuff myself, if I must confess. I do not. You don't need it. You don't need it. All right, my friend. It's an interesting point, no question. Interesting point. Thank you, Tucson. Wow, Washington Examiner, what's going on here? House Democrat on Climate Change Caucus rakes in cash from oil and gas investments. Wait a minute, we have another hypocrite here? No way. A Democratic congresswoman who's part of a congressional caucus aiming to fight the effects of climate change is earning major profits on her oil and gas stock purchases in recent years. Oh, really? According to records reviewed by the Washington Examiner. Let's guess. 
South Florida? Representative Lois Frankel. Hello, America. Representative Lois Frankel is a member of the Safe Climate Caucus, which has targeted the fracking industry and aims to, quote, solve the important issues facing our country because of climate change. But the Florida Democrats' purported commitment to staving off climate change has not stopped her from shelling out up to $195,000. What is with these people on government salaries? Between March 2020 and December 2022, to obtain shares of six oil and gas companies that have ballooned in value, filing show. This is why I, I detest these people. So here you have Lois Frankel, who's a real yenta. Lois, Lois! Lower, lower the fire on the stove for crying outside! Uh, you're burning the... And there's Lois Frankel. Left-wing kook, major investor in oil companies, the values have shot up, oil and gas. We expect all congressional leaders to adhere to fossil-free pledge. Uh, Thanu Yukapuka, a spokeswoman for 3350.org, a left-leaning group that supports ending the use of fossil fuels and transitioning to... Why is everything transitioning? Genitalia transitioning. Oil transitioning. Between March 2020 and December 2022, Frankel bought up to 60000 worth of Diamondback Energy, a Texas-based oil and natural gas company that pulled in over $6.7 billion in revenue in 2021. She's also separately sold up to $30,000 worth of stock disclosures show. She also purchased up to 45000 worth of ConocoPhillips between March 2020 and July 2022. In 2019, The Guardian said the multinational Houston-based company was responsible for uh, whatever. Uh, let's see. These investments are seriously concerning, says Colin Rees, political director for Oil Change U.S. Here we have liberals fighting with leftists and vice versa. Lois! Lois Frankel, Yenta, and fraud, phony, hypocrite, radical Democrat. Folks, I'll be gone a few days on uh, family matters out of town. It's okay. Nothing, nothing bad. All good. But I will be back. So you be well, and God bless each and every one of you. Take care of yourselves.